Hi, everybody. This is Norman with your daily podcast, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring. This is episode 20 of season one, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring second language learner. Episode 20, the 365 day challenge. You know, when I was 11 years old, I set myself a challenge to read 100 books in one school year. At that time in my life, things were not going so well at home, and books were a great escape. They offered me an escape from the constant fighting between my mom and dad. Nothing unique about that situation. It happens in many places. At home, we had gone through some very difficult times. Uh, violence, breaking doors down, fleeing our home and country in the middle of the night. All these things we had gone through before I hit the age of nine. So it was kind of rough and tumble at home at the time, and I found reading a way to cope. So I set that goal. Obviously, I loved reading, particularly history, and I could lose myself reading about the great my heroes, uh, particularly from the revolutionary, the American Revolutionary War period. But at that time, you know, at the age of 11, you're, if you're not being guided by both parents or somebody, then you're kind of unguided. I really never asked myself the question, what will I be like when I have closed the 100th book? How will I be different? How will I be better? I don't know. I didn't know at the time, nor did I think about it. I just set this goal, and it's something that I wanted to do. And I think the question now is, how did I change? I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I I guess I became a a much better reader, um, and my diction and oral skills improved. I would read out loud for long stretches. Maybe I built a greater belief in myself that I could set a goal and actually achieve it. I don't know. I really don't know. I never, if I had had someone to talk to at the time or to help me see how I was growing, I think those lessons would have been more obvious to me and maybe I would have been able to access them more easily even today. The one thing I am sure of is that I was not the same person coming out as I was going in. I had definitely changed. And now, 40 years later, more than 40 years later, you know, I found myself itching to make some changes in my life. And I asked myself, what will my life be like if I do a certain thing, if I do certain things every day for 365 days straight, come rain or shine? So I decided to find out. 18 days ago, I started working out, doing circuit training for 40 minutes every day. 40 minutes. No more, no less. Nothing earth-shattering, but mind you, prior to this, I hadn't really followed a workout program since at least 2006. So we're talking a pretty long time ago. That and a couple of other things that I'm working on. I can tell you right now, uh, today is day 19. And I'm still going strong and getting it done. I mentioned this in the previous podcast, our previous episode. And I can tell you, I already see the difference. Not just physically, even more important, mentally and emotionally. Now, 
I'll keep you posted as I keep moving forward. And if you want to drop me a line, send me a message and ask, you know, asking me how it's going, I'll let you know. And I really, really hope that at day 50, I'll be able to tell you, yep, I'm still moving strong. I'm on day 50. I'm on day 100. I'm on day 200, et cetera, et cetera, straight through to the end of the year, to the end of that year. Okay. The 365 day challenge. It has had a huge impact in just these past 18 days. Now I ask you, aspiring second language learner, what if you decided to do one or two cutting edge types of activities every day without fail for 365 days? What would your life be like as regards as regarding the language that you're learning, what would your life be like in general? Now, there, there's some things, there, there's certain things we can think of that we could do. I'm sure that if you give yourself a little bit of time to think about it, you can come up with a lot better things than I've come up with here. Uh, just a few ideas. You could listen to a podcast for 15 minutes every day while getting ready in the morning. You can do certain grammar exercises or certain writing exercises every day. You can, if you have the, if you are fortunate enough to have uh, the, the right people around you, you might decide to speak with someone in the target language every day for X number of minutes for a certain amount of time. Those are just some examples. And these are things that might actually, might actually be cutting edge. But they are definitely things that we can do. But now we hit on, on this one point that I, that I need to make, I need to touch on. And here's my question. And it's uh, one that has taken me a while to get my head around. Do any of these three ideas that I've mentioned, listening to a podcast, doing certain grammar exercises speaking with someone in the target language, do they, do all three of them fulfill the criteria of active, performance-based, and sustainable? Active, performance-based, and sustainable. What I, mean, what I mean by that is, are they really producing or creating something at the moment? Are you really practicing I would argue that when we're listening to a podcast passively, we're not really practicing. We're being passive. When we do ex grammar exercises, that's not bad. You might say, well, I'm doing something. It's active. But are you really stepping out and creating, and I use that word, creating a piece of communication that comes from you, that is contextual, and that is meaningful? Are you doing that? I would argue no. When you're speaking with someone in the target language, there you're actually stepping out and doing. The only problem I have with that, I've been, I've, as I said before, I've worked with a lot of people over a long period of time, many, many years I've been teaching and coaching, and very few of them have someone that they can talk to on a regular basis, and by regular basis, I mean every day in the target language. It's rare. It doesn't always happen. Not only not, not because there might not be those people, but they may not always be available. You are dependent upon them. So is it sustainable? 
Maybe in some rare cases, yes. Bravo. In most cases, it's not. So neither of the three meets the three criteria that they're active, performance-based, and sustainable. So what can we do? Well, you know, I've given a lot of thought to this, and I know I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, and I definitely share this with my students who have the unfortunate chance of having to listen to me repeat it over and over again ad nauseum. But I believe firmly that we need to make a decision to think for X amount of time every day in the target language. You must think in the target language actively. That means that when you are doing the gardening, when you're washing your dishes, when you're doing the laundry, when you're doing some do-it-yourself work at home, when you're doing something on your own every day, and we do spend quite a bit of time on our own. At the very least, we spend time alone in the morning, showering, shaving if you're a guy, getting ourselves ready, okay? And if we decide that during a period of time we choose, 15 minutes or more, that we think in the target language language constructively, then we will be putting ourselves in a position to benefit from the cumulative effects of consistent practice, the 365-day challenge. I, you know, I, I can't repeat this or emphasize this often enough, but it is at the end of the day, we're not, we're not talking about some big secret here. There is no secret here. It's practice, practice, practice. You take the greatest athletes in the world. Yes, they have talent, natural talent. That's why they beat, that's why they went to the National Basketball Association. That's why they 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 made it to the pro uh, circuit in tennis. But the reason why they won Wimbledon 50 billion times or won a million NBA championships or won uh, MVP, etc., etc., is because they practiced. They practiced and they practiced and they practiced. And that is the only way to really become capable, at the very least capable, and if not proficient and masterful in whatever you choose. In this case, we're talking about second language learning, learning your second, third, fourth language. You have to practice. Practice is not something you do in real time. I don't think that Roger Federer would ever say that his latest match with Rafael Nadal in Wimbledon or wherever that it was practice. He'd be ashamed to say that. It is unheard of to say that. That he practices every morning at 5 a.m., at 6 a.m., whatever the routine is, on his own, with his coach, etc. That's practice. Alone, in the dark, face-to-face -face with yourself. You practice first, and then you perform in real time. That's what we're doing. We're making a distinction between practice and actually speaking, communicating with someone in a meaningful context. 
I, I've mentioned this story before, and I'll say it again because I think it's important, is uh, I learned Spanish. I started learning Spanish at the age of 15 when I moved to Ecuador. My mom and dad are from there. I was uh, born and raised in New York, a real Americano, really. I didn't speak Spanish at all at home. My mom and dad decided it was better that we, spe that we speak English and that we become native, you know, you know become, we feel like Americans and all that no accent. And, and it worked. I, I speak with a New York accent pretty much. Um, it's pretty much diminished also, but sometimes people point it out to me. And at 15, my mom decided to move to Ecuador. And for me, it was, you know, a, a, a strange country. I had visited a couple of times and I had to learn Spanish. I was in high school. I was 15 years old. Talk about pressure. And about a year into a year and a half into my odyssey, and I use that word, I I could speak a bit. I mean, I could speak. Uh, I translated a lot. I was getting by by memorizing lots of material at school and kind of vomiting it out. And I decided one day, you know, that I was just not fluent. I wasn't getting it done. When I was talking with my friends, I was just the quiet one because I could never find the right moment to get in there and, and make my point, to join the flow of the conversation. And when you're 16 years old, at that time I was like 16 going on 17, it's critical. You want to impress the girls. You want to make the friends. You want to stake your claim to whatever it is you're after in high school or to show who you are. You have to be able to communicate in real time. And I was not getting it done. So one day I decided I was going to start thinking in Spanish. So I immediately started. I started talking to myself, not out loud, but to myself. And it felt very uncomfortable at the beginning. But I would narrate to myself every little thing that I was doing. Brushing my teeth, making my bed, having breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And I did that. I did it for about a month and a half, two months. And in that short period of time, I noticed a huge difference. There was a jump. When I, when I was talking now to my friends, I would find myself saying things that I didn't have to think about anymore. It was as if it was just now coming naturally, as if it were English. And it really happened in a very, very short time. And I continued to think in Spanish for quite a few years. I eventually graduated from high school, top of my class. I went to university for a year in Spanish. Then for other reasons, decided to come back to the States to continue living in America, in the United States. Okay? So basically... It's, it changed my life. It changed my life. I applied the same uh, technique to French when I moved to Switzerland at the age of 35, and I decided and I and I started learning the language. I didn't speak that language either. I have this seems to have this habit of 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 kind of going totally unprepared into these things, and it, it worked as well. It worked a second time. Just as a little aside, really quickly is at no time during the five years that I lived in Ecuador, did I ever speak Spanish at home? Never. I spoke English at home. I lived in Spanish outside my home, at school with my friends. And at home, when I was alone, I would think in Spanish. There you go. This works. And I know that there could be objections to this. People might say, well, there's no one there to correct me. What do I do if I don't know certain words or a certain word? Well, there's something that you have to be aware of, and that's called the reticular activating system. This is something, this is a, a, a system we have in our brain that looks for solutions, that looks for 
connections, that looks for whatever it is you decide to look for. And what you have to do is let go and allow the brain to do what it does best on its own, in its own inimitable fashion. And this will eventually result in your gaining more control, deep, subconscious, natural control. You're going to have to let go of that and allow the brain to do what it does, to look for these words. Don't, don't translate fork into fourchette in French. Don't do that or and back and forth. If you don't know the name of the word, say to yourself, well, what do I use this for? I use it for eating. It has uh, three prongs. Okay, uh, I don't know what that word is, but the brain, because you're asking the question, is going to go out and look for the word and you will find it. It will come across your path. So this is the type of control that you don't have to think about. Remember one thing, guys, and I spoke about it in our previous episode, massive heroic victories come about as a result of enormous amounts of unheroically plodding along, showing up and imperfectly getting it done on a regular basis. Try this out. Set your own 365-day challenge to think in English or Spanish or Italian or French, your target language, every day. Do it for 60 days and then come back and let me know how it's going. I'll keep you guys posted with my own 365 day challenge and I really look forward to swapping notes. Thank you for your time. Wherever you are around the world, whichever time zone you find yourself in, I wish you a great day. I wish you a great evening and I want to say thank you for joining us in in season one, episode 20, We go for it, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring second language learner. Take care and talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.